Next, Rethinking Heroes. You're going to hear how the VA caused a female veteran to become homeless and how she bounced back as a successful entrepreneur. Plus, an L.A. therapist has found new ways to teach a coping toolkit for vets with PTSD. And then we're going to hear from the decorated Marine who did ask and did tell and did change policy. He's six foot four, gay, and had the Constitution at his back. Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military. With over 700 military veteran journalists worldwide, it's your Rethinking Heroes Flash Briefing. Stories from the front. Terry Harrison here with your Rethinking Heroes Flash Briefing and update on national defense news and stories affecting service members and veterans. The Pentagon, it seems, wants to believe in UFOs, that is. The Defense Department's chief UFO officer is the director of the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. Say that 10 times quickly. Sean Kirkpatrick. The UFO office was founded in July 2022. Kirkpatrick has made headlines in recent weeks, but a draft research paper released recently turned even more heads. In it, he argued that, quote, an artificial interstellar object, unquote, could have flown past Earth and released small scientific probes to the planet's surface. Well, the scientists teamed up with Harvard's top astronomer, Dr. Avi Loeb, for the project, and Loeb has proposed similar theories in the past. The Harvard astronomer previously said an object tracked through the solar system in 2017 may have had its own propulsion system. That would have let it defy the sun's gravity. That led Loeb and others to speculate that it could be an alien mothership. While the recent Chinese spy balloon incident has many Americans concerned about unidentified aerial phenomena, the two scientists don't see reason for alarm. In the paper, they say any miniature probes likely have a scientific exploration purpose. Either way, Kirkpatrick's office is dedicated to investigating unexplained phenomena that could present a threat to national or planetary security. Well, the Biden administration released information about its fiscal 2024 federal budget proposal this week. For more, here's Davis Winky of Military Times. Thank you, Kerry. From Atlanta, Georgia, this is Davis Winky of Military Times reporting for Rethinking Heroes and Military Veterans in Journalism. The Biden administration unveiled its fiscal 2024 budget proposal on March 9th. The Biden budget is likely dead on arrival due to disagreements with the Republican-held House of Representatives. Congress, which includes the House and Senate, must write and pass the budget every year. That said, the proposal still offers key insights into military and veteran spending priorities. First off, the administration wants to give service members their biggest pay raise since 2002. The proposal, which is likely to have bipartisan support and could be increased even more, would pay troops 5.2% more next year if passed. Low military pay has been a concern for lawmakers on both sides of the aisle in recent months, too. Inflation has plagued the economy since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, squeezing people with set pay rates like the troops. Congress tried to reduce the sting for junior service members by passing a basic needs allowance last year. It's meant to get more cash to troops whose incomes fall below a certain threshold in high-cost areas. But implementing the new allowance has been tricky due to burdensome bureaucratic requirements. A large number still had to request government assistance like food stamps to feed their families. Spending on veterans affairs programs would have a more modest increase under the Biden proposal. But the department's overall budget is still likely to jump, 
The proposal funds a recent law beefing up veterans' rights for disability claims related to toxic exposures like bad water or burn pits. Again, the proposal is the first draft or the first shots in what's sure to be a long combative budgeting process. We'll share more as we learn more. And the Army also fired the first shots in a new rebrand and advertising campaign that is a blast from the past. The service is bringing back the Be All You Can Be recruiting and advertising tagline. It's trying to, quote, reinvent the classic catchphrase to reach Generation Z in a time of great social and economic uncertainty. The first advertisements in the new campaign were revealed recently in an event at the National Museum of the U.S. Army at Fort Belvoir, Virginia. Each of the two new ads has a mix of real soldiers and actors reenacting key moments in the Army's history. Scenes appear from the American Revolution, World War I, the World War II D-Day invasions, and more. The spots also feature actor Jonathan Majors as the on-screen narrator. Majors, who stars as villain King the Conqueror in several recent superhero movies from the popular Marvel franchise, is the son of an Air Force veteran himself. The actor was on hand for the campaign launch event. In the first installment, dubbed Overcoming Obstacles, Majors explains how the service can help young Americans overcome obstacles in their lives if they sign on the dotted line. The second spot, Pushing Tomorrow, shows Majors walking alongside Army frontiersmen, scientists, doctors, and more. He talks about the military's role in sparking scientific development through the ages and a ploy to attract technologically inclined youth. There's a lot at stake here for the Army. The service missed its recruiting goals badly in fiscal 2022 and desperately needs to turn it around. So keep an eye out for the new commercials in the weeks ahead. Service officials said there will be a lot of Army marketing around the NCAA men's basketball tournament, March Madness, at the end of the month. For Rethinking Heroes and Military Veterans in Journalism, this is Davis Winky of Military Times. Special thanks to the Military Times' Davis Winkie and the Military Veterans in Journalism, 700 strong globally, for assembling this flash briefing. From Los Angeles and beyond, I'm Carrie Harrison for Rethinking Heroes. Rethinking Heroes, life after the military. I've spent a decade taking a bite out of conspiracy theories, unraveling urban legends, and grappling with worldwide top-secret issues. I've even racked up some of their awards. Wow, I mean, first of all, what a question. Journalism is about telling the truth. All while ferreting out the bottom line. I'm a Harrison Hellraiser. Uh-oh. With me, Carrie Harrison, as your guide. Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military, with Carrie Harrison. And it is the top of the hour. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com, where at the end of every month, we relieve $1 million in medical debt of average people in random cities around the U.S., all in the name of our veterans. Serving, retired, it doesn't matter. People who, as you heard earlier in our news report, sign on that dotted line magically thinking all will be taken care of for the rest of their lives because they're going to sacrifice literally everything on behalf of a government. So we're doing what the government won't. Here on the radio. Remember when radio used to do stuff like this? Million dollar giveaways. Have a car. Have a Harley. And then then it stopped. It stopped for 20 years. Well, we have brought that back here on Rethinking Heroes. So uh, just know that is happening. It's going to affect you. It's going to affect your neighbors. It's going to affect people all over the country. And that's just the beginning for sure. 
Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military with Carrie Harrison. Carrie Harrison with you, Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. You can also check us out on Facebook, Rethinking Heroes. Also on Twitter, Rethinking Heroes. Just misspell it for Elon Musk by dropping out the E at the end of Heroes. But, you know, type it in any way. It'll come up certainly on Google one way or the other. You can also see video of this broadcast, including our upcoming guest, Jeff Key, in the next 14 seconds, simply by going to RethinkingHeroes.com. Give it about a day. If you're hearing it as a podcast, it's already happened many days earlier. Let me just set this up, tee this up for you, because this guy is very cool. At 34 years old, that was then, Ruggedly handsome, still is. Six feet four, square jawed. I didn't write this. Jeff Key joined the biggest, baddest boys club there is, the United States Marines. Key reason he gives for joining, even though he was six years past the Marine Corps age, cut off, was like most men, young and old, after the terror attacks of 9-11. Well, he said he wanted to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, to defend defenseless people, to promote and preserve peace on earth and love of people. Jeff Key grew up in rural Alabama, schooled at the Church of Christ, a one-time child preacher. He's a true believer of God and country first. Jeff Key is also gay. His fearless defense of constitutional principles has made him an extraordinary Marine, combined with his fearless integrity in being who he is. The Showtime Network made a feature-length documentary, Semper Fi, One Marine's Journey, which details this U.S. Marine's journey through his childhood in Alabama, going to war as a Marine, and his life of activism upon his return from Iraq. Jeff is with us now on Rethinking Heroes, live from his home in New Orleans, and we want to welcome you, Jeff Key. Thank you, Kerry. Thank you for that. I was I was thinking I want to meet this guy. <laughs> that was a very um, generous introduction. This is my cat Whitman. Apparently, he also wants to be involved in the interview. Uh, one quick correction before I forget it: I joined in uh, in two thousand, so I was a Marine for a year when nine eleven happened, and not in response. That uh, that got out there once on the internet and and thereafter. But I, I was I was already a Marine when 9-11 happened and didn't join actually in response to 9-11, but just uh, for all the other reasons that I often have listed, I believe in representative government and, and defending defenseless people. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a culture that said, if not me, then whom? So, um, yeah, I'm happy to be with you. Happy to be back on KPFK. Many years ago, I used to uh, show up around these parts. Well, we thought we would bring you back on so that you could simply feel good. That's all. It's just I, I, do, I do. The square jaw is still under there. It's just covered. <laughs> I knew we were going to video. I did some of my hair, but as you can see, it's now gone. Now, <laughs> let me just say, the last time I saw you was uh, some years ago, without making us look like geezers here. Um, and you had a full head of hair, and you were beardless. Now you have a Walt Whitman beard. I'm guessing that's where the cat comes from somewhat. Um, and and we have uh, we have ripened as wine becomes better with age. So then do the skill sets and the ambitions. Let's talk about Showtime, which is a ubiquitous network owned by Viacom. We know it as Paramount Plus. We know it as everything CBS. They took your story. You had done something early on as a Marine during the Iraq war that was so out of the box, so different, let's just say first time ever, that got the attention of even Donald Rumsfeld. We should, shouldn't say even, 
it was meant to get his attention and it really changed the landscape for many. Can you review that for us a little bit? Um, sure. I, um, after an enormous crisis of conscience around what I had, uh, you know, I took that oath very seriously when I raised my right hand on the anniversary of D-Day in 2000. Uh, I said that I would support and defend this constitution with my life. And I understood that that meant, uh, protecting the lives of my fellow service members. And I just, I didn't think that that, if we're to believe the Marine Corps hymn, it have, we're to guard the streets of heaven. So I uh, I didn't know what to do, but uh, so I prayed for an answer. I heard, tell your story. And it began with, uh, uh, it was on the day they had hung the Blackwater co contractors from the bridge in Fallujah. So they brought me on CNN under the premise that I was going to speak about how that would affect troop morale. But uh I chose that opportunity to tell 5 million people what we were told not to tell one person. I, I came out of the closet as a gay man on CNN in this interview while Don't Ask, Don't Tell was in place, and I was still in the Marine Corps. Uh, with that act of civil disobedience, I launched my career uh, as an activist so uh, that I could continue to uh, to fulfill my oath as I understood it, not really caring or I didn't think any, I didn't know if anybody would even understand what I was doing, but I was not going to go to my grave whenever that might have been with, uh, you know, not doing what I believe, what my own morality compelled me to do. So I met this Israeli naval officer. I didn't know he was a, uh, a stage and film director. He was curious about my experience after I read my journals, Yuval Hadadi. Uh, helped me to develop them as this play, The Eyes of Babylon. I toured it all over the place, United States and in, in Dublin, Ireland, and uh, just in like backwoods, Kentucky. I was protested by 300 right-wing <laughs> Christians who were around the theater when I got there. We did it in, in big, we did it in Denver during the first Obama. Let me just say you're smiling while talking about that, just so it's the people. All right. You know, when the right people are mad at you, you know you're doing the right thing. <laughs> So we ended up off Broadway in New York. It was a great way for me to open conversations about uh, some of the things that were mentioned earlier on your program today about veteran suicide and and what was working for me uh, was you know having put pen to paper and uh, and just telling my story. And so for 16 years, I've helped other veterans to do the same. Um, I work with an organization called Warrior Writers to help uh, veterans write not only about the military experience, but just about just to write. I think a lot of this uh, uh, of this uh, self-destruction impulse comes when it's just bullets bouncing around on the inside and not uh, being expressed. Uh, Showtime, uh, Ida Hallinan was a Peabody Award winning uh um, documentarian who who saw the uh, she was a producer she saw the play there on Tamron in L.A. and and uh, Vince DiPersio came on as director and we what she said well you walk into Showtime and help me pitch this I'm like I don't know how to pitch anything I'm I'm a, you know and she goes no no just walk in there start talking we'll see how it goes and they wrote us a check they they wrote them a check and they made this documentary which I'm forever grateful for. Because Maybe you could share that secret of how you walk in and get a check from Showtime. You can just publish that on my private email. I, I, I think, you know, if you're as passionate about things as I tend to be, I don't know, I grew, I grew up in rural Alabama. We're a passionate bunch of people. And, uh, uh, and I just, you know, I get choked up thinking about it because I do care so deeply about this country. It's such a hard, I travel around the world a lot now and I, outside the country, 
you know, a lot of people have a lot of opinions about America, you know, and, and, uh, and we've been, we've brought some wonderful things to the planet and we've done some wildly destructive things. And so I, I want to, you know, I'm 57. I, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. I may be here another 30 years, but in the, in whatever time left, I want to, uh, you know, do what the play through the play. Thousands of people heard my beliefs about, uh, the American war policy in Iraq and, and don't ask, don't tell. And, uh, rights for the disenfranchised in general and through the movie millions of people have heard this little country boy yarn out his you know bang out his story and so we uh, just directed uh, a short film called rich it's the now is the winter of our discontent monologue is told through the lens of a homeless veteran uh it involves mass shooting and suicide and I'm super proud of it. We're in the editing process now. I'm of mind to do, uh, uh, as other guests have mentioned, and I do think this is the way out for the, I struggle a lot. I'm trying to save my house right now, you know, in the middle of all this, uh, you know, try not to be one more homeless veteran. But uh, although I want to do this um, to give away what's been given to me, which is to express through the pen, whatever is on the inside. I, I say this all the time to people in general and to veterans, please don't let your stories die inside you. So uh, with the help of another Marine, Marcus Erickson, we've conceived of this program, uh, borrowing the name from Sean Hughes, the, uh, the Marine and playwright of Sandstorm. It's called Vet Stage. We're calling it The Vet Stage. And we're going to make this film. We're going to finish this film, Rich, and we're going to help veterans make 10 short films per year. Uh, anybody who wants to get on board with that mission can contact me through you, through the station here on the website. Best, uh, best way to do that, I'm just going to jump in, yeah, it, be right to go now. to RethinkingHeroes.com, or you can jump on our Facebook page, Rethinking Heroes, or even Twitter, and we'll make sure that that gets over to Jeff Key, who we're talking to, by the way, Marine and Iraq War veteran, artist and activist, active in the veterans art movement, and for 16 years, he's led workshops with Warrior Writers, an organization which helps veterans put pen to paper, and with Vet Stage, which has a mission to make 10 short films per year, as Jeff just pointed out, training veterans to work in film and TV. And Jeff, we're going to pause in just a moment, but we are connected now with an organization of 700 military journalists who many of whom cannot get jobs in the commercial world. Why? I mean, talk about discipline. They actually can make deadlines. They show up, you know, you're a Marine. You understand that um, in the commercial world. They say, well, you know, what can you do? Well, you know, I, I went out and I, uh, I carried a gun and maybe I pointed it at people <clears throat> and you want to work at the newspaper? Absolutely. I'm like, I can really tell stories. Well, and so here we've got this, it's like Bloomberg or CNBC. We've got 700 of these incredibly high-skilled people like you, a Marine, who can do backflips, chew gum, sing a song, and play an accordion. And I'll tell you, Mildred can barely put on her support hose. So this is a big deal. And if we can find avenues and funnels to give you guys a way to express your incredible talents and your discipline, we, we, the United States, can only win. So we're going to pause in that moment. We're going to continue with Jeff Key, 
who uh, is writer-performer of the award-winning off-Broadway play The Eyes of Babylon, based on his Iraq war journals. And we're going to get into what those war journals said that got such big global attention. He's also the subject of Showtime's documentary Semper Fi, One Marine's Journey. He lives in New Orleans with his cats, Walt Whitman and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. Life after the military. RethinkingHeroes.com. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-915-2051. 800-915-2051. That's 800-915-2051. Rethinking Heroes. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-628-7226. 800-628-7226. That's 800 628 7226. Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military with Carrie Harrison. And it is 49 minutes past the hour. It could even be 50 minutes past the hour by now. Who knows? We're talking to Jeff Key. He is in New Orleans. He is a fearless defender of constitutional principles. It's made him an extraordinary Marine combined with his fearless integrity in being who he is. The Showtime Network even made a feature-length documentary called Semper Fi, One Marine's Journey, which details his journey through his childhood in Alabama, going to war as a Marine and his life of activism upon his return from Iraq. He's with us right now here on Rethinking Heroes. You can get more at RethinkingHeroes.com, including uh, communicate, send messages to Jeff and Will hook you up. If you are a vet looking to be a writer, looking to express yourself some way creatively, Jeff is probably your mothership, your go-to guy to make sure you get that done. You can also post stuff on Facebook. You will find other vets all over the world will start communicating with you. You are not alone. Yana, you are not alone. And that's an important thing, I think, take home here. Jeff Key, we were talking a little bit about your diaries, which, of course, are your journals. Diaries. It's so British, isn't it? Your diaries. Your journals that you wrote during uh, Iraq. 
which kept you sane. Without writing those, it would have been a lot more difficult, but those, let's just say, got out. And they got out, and here we are today with you. Tell us a little bit about that experience. Well, I, I, I was sober when I joined the Marine Corps. I was three years sober. I went on to be 18 years sober uh, before, and this is probably a whole other show, before picking up cannabis for the promise of what I had heard it could do for people with PTSD. In my case, it did not cure addiction, and and, uh, and I smoked like I had drunk before, and it was uh, a dead end in that way. So uh, I don't like it to be portrayed as a panacea, and I will take those few seconds to, uh, to say that that was my experience with it. Uh, I'm all for medical marijuana uh, uh, to the extent that it can help someone. It, it didn't do it for me. It, there was a temporary promise of that, and, and and it ended in my drinking and smoking weed like I had those many years before. I, I did read the, uh, and if there's time, I'll read like the last little bit of those journals, which ended the play, um, maybe about a minute's worth. But that's perfect. Um, they, uh, um, in short, when I, there was an old, a man had been sober many years when I first got sober and he looked at me and he saw me, if you know what I mean, like he saw into me and he said, son, if you don't put pen to paper, you're going to die. <laughs> and, uh, and I remembered those words standing there in the desert with that M16 in my hand. And so I did. And, uh, the play was developed from, uh, um, from my journals and for from three letters that I had written home, one to the family of the first man who died in my unit, uh, one to my fellow artists and one uh, to my CEO, a seven page letter when I came out of the closet. But uh, this this is a little section from that letter that uh, that ended up ending the play. I called it State of Grace. Of all the things uncertain in life, of all the things that leave me unsure, there is one thing I do know, and that is happiness is possible, and that the absence of it is sometimes a gift, for it's in that state of grace, unhappiness, that the truest and perhaps only impetus for real change occurs. Things don't change. I change, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. True beauty lies in the ability to see perfection in those things not typically thought of as beautiful. Those who dedicate themselves to being their best have already achieved it. The best gift you can receive is the blessing you get from giving, and the richest man in the world is the one surrounded by friends. Since man first planted crops or waged war or went to the hunter, crushed grapes into wine, he has created theater to celebrate it. Ours is an ancient and sacred art in all its form. If you find yourself at the altar, know that you are there by divine appointment. Before you take the stage, even to rehearse, honor it for all that it is. The place whereon you stand is holy ground. Do not cover one blemish with grease paint, but kneel close to the footlight so that all may see. That thing which you have felt made you ugly when held courageously into the light becomes your most beautiful quality. Your grossest liabilities will be transformed into your chief assets. Don't waste one precious moment, but let everything you do for the art and for peace. My process is alive and ongoing. So should yours be too. I lovingly and humbly admonish you. If I can do it here at war, trust me, you can do it there. So until we meet again, I am and will forever remain Semper Fidelis. That means always faithful. Uh, Thank you, Jeff Key. I, <laughs> oh, 
I'm a little embarrassed. That just choked me up. You said, I, I just haven't heard anyone say that before. Uh, and it touched me. And I think it touched a lot of people. We're talking right now to Jeff Key, Marine and Iraq War veteran, artist and activist, active in the veterans art movement, uh, rescuing so many by sharing his gift of vision and talent. For 16 years has led workshops with warrior writers and organization. It's good, thank you for those tears. You can't cry with a closed heart. I always say. Let's pivot and rescue me here, <laughs> as I like to pretend I'm professional. Um, let's talk a little bit about activism. Uh, we've got just got a few minutes left. This will change the tone and pace here for a second. Uh, you were in the hallways of Congress. A lot of people were in the hallways of Congress <laughs> about two years ago. But you actually went in different. Uh, not dressed as a moose. You didn't build a gallows outside. You went in as a polite guy, but you approached Lindsay, Senator Lindsey Graham. And your experience with some of the politicians is when you put truth in front of them or direct real questions, they tend to evade. And you're a man of integrity and constitutional passion and commitment. Um, it seems like not everyone else is, especially when we've hired them to go represent us. Yeah, and like, well, the people who are listening can't see, but I look like everybody who did charge the Capitol on January the 6th, and, and I'm sure Senator Graham thought that was the case when I walked up to him, which was my intention was just to have a, I'm, I, I, like I said, I grew up in a fundamentalist Southern Christian religion. We had the flag out year round. We didn't wait for patriotic holidays. I, and I believe in the sweeter and better parts of all those things. I hope I meet Whoopi Goldberg. She defended me so sweetly on The View because they play. My Marine buddy happened to have his camera out when I walked up to Lindsey Graham. Uh, and I just said, you know, I took this oath. It's very similar to the oath that you took as a senator. It starts with this bit about the Constitution. And I believe that deep down you also believe that Donald Trump isn't fulfilling his commitment to that oath, which, guess what, he also took. And as soon as Senator Graham realized that, you know, the, he went from thinking I was going to give him a check to I was going to make him speak against the master, and I and he scurried away back into his little hole uh, uh, it, it made me mad. It was, I, you know, I, uh, I actually yelled out, you got a little Cheeto dust on your mouth there, Senator. And then, then his, uh, you know, I'm a Marine. Come on. I wasn't going to let that go. Uh, uh, and his office came out and said, Oh, they, they edited it out what he said at the end. And I was like, I'd already gone all over, you know, and I blogged about it the next day. That was no, I think, you know, and and I hate that stuff. It's so weird that I became a Marine because I'm conflict diverse. I hate all that. I hate, I hated talking to him. I hated going up knowing what, what I was going to expect, but by God, if we don't speak out right now, people of conscience, these people who well-being sweet people that walk around and go, Oh, I don't pay attention to politics. And I'm like, honey, politics pays attention to you. No, one's not involved in politics. You can be completely passive in that and have your future and the future of this country and our sacred constitution determined by other people or you can be involved. And so 
whereas, and I want to make this super, super clear, I hope somebody who did charge the Capitol that day, who's a veteran, who has an idea for a movie, a short film, you know, I, I, my, my, my political activism and my attempt to help veterans through art, I keep very, very separate. And, uh, and anybody and everybody, no matter what their political persuasion, religion, or lack of it, is welcome to reach out to me if they want uh, to be involved in what we're doing in the veterans art movement. And you don't have to be an actor and you don't have to write a play. There are people on this short one there who are veterans who learned all about lighting a set. You know, if you want to, if you're interested in, in what it takes to run a camera, if you are, uh, Jeff, I, I apologize yeah. deeply. No, we no, are, it's okay. You know me. I'll talk forever. <laughs> and, and thank you for having given great radio today. You can get in touch with Jeff Key. You can go to rethinkingheroes.com. You can shoot us stuff. We'll forward it to him. You can go on Facebook, Rethinking Heroes, Twitter, wherever you need to go. We will hook you up. Art is the answer. Connection, being not alone, is the connection. We've been talking to Jeff Key, Marine, a rock war veteran, artist, activist, superhero, Semper Fidelis. Carrie Harrison with you. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. Life after the military. RethinkingHeroes.com. Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-726-2194. 800-726-2194. That's 800-726-2194. Rethinking Heroes. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-628-7226. 800-628-7226. That's 800 628 7226. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. Life after the military. RethinkingHeroes.com. Well, we've all heard of homelessness among veterans, but we rarely hear first person stories of how the VA actually, ready for this, made someone homeless. Well, that's according to a formerly homeless disabled veteran named Karan Lenoir, who later found a way to bounce back and find success. 
She honorably served in both the U.S. Navy and Army, and her experience as a formerly homeless veteran informs her advocacy for women, veterans, their voices, and mental health. With us on Rethinking Heroes is Karan Lenoir from her home in Northern Carolina, and I want to welcome you, Karan Lenoir, to Rethinking Heroes. Thank you so much, but I'm in Charlottesville, Virginia. Oh, you moved. <laughs> that way. <laughs> Thank you for having me. We love those. Well, now that we've repositioned you appropriately, uh, I'm going to just smack myself quietly off camera, off face. Uh, by the way, uh, there is streaming video of all of these programs. You can simply go a day or two later to RethinkingHeroes.com and see whom we are talking to. Karan, let's just jump right into it. Uh, we know that many vets are homeless. We know that in Los Angeles, where the more official count is somewhere around 140,000 homeless people, a full 25% are thought to be veterans. Uh, but nobody seems to know why or what. Uh, maybe too much drugs, maybe this, maybe that, maybe, maybe, maybe. You've been there and you're a woman. How did this happen to you? Indeed, I am a woman. Uh, I was disabled uh, through my service. I have injuries uh, that deteriorated over time. I'm especially during my service after 9-11. Did not know that care was accessible to me. And when I went to the VA, I was denied several times. So I would work as long as I could, but then I would get sick and be out of work twice as long as I was at work. And that became a cycle. I sought help over and over again in many different places, organizations, um, inside and outside of the VA. And it was just put on the back burner. And it took five years to get my claim heard and settled. Five years. Part of that reason is because I am a woman, because our claims are not taken the same as seriously as the claims of men. They're delayed. And a huge part of that process was denying women of disability claims because they were of reproductive age during the time of service. Denying claims because you are of reproductive age. So tell me how your fallopian tubes factor into your military service and how that helps vanquish an enemy. Well, because I have fallopian tubes, um, (laughs) and all women don't, but because I have fallopian tubes, because I was born a woman, um, an unmarried woman, let me be clear about that as well, because that also matters, because I was an unmarried woman serving with a family. Uh, A lot of things were attributed back to reproduction, to issues that could happen during childbirth that may linger, such as gestational diabetes, uh, such as time out of work um, to take care of your family or postpartum. Um, But that was over the five years period of time, it was very clear that being a woman that can reproduce and was able to reproduce and had a family was being held against me as far as moving my claim forward. So we're uh, looking at becoming homelessness because you don't you're not able to satisfy your claim which means you don't have revenue that is owed to you for your disability but they found 743.9 ways to disinclude you yes. um mostly because you're a woman of color and you have fallopian tubes mm-hmm. a double strike for sure but you got through that somehow tell us that story 
You know, I got through it with support. There's an organization called Women Veterans Interactive, uh, led by Ginger Bain Miller, who is a Navy vet. And she created this organization to bridge the gap uh, for women who are veterans and facing homelessness and hunger uh, to cut through the red tape, not having to go through the VA, but to be able to make a call and get access to resources. And that woman saved my life. She saved the life of my family. We were considered chronically homeless. I'm so not ashamed of that. I actually met her volunteering for one of her events. And it was only a few months later that I actually needed her help. And I got it. I was able to keep my family safe and warm. And it took some time. But I had someone holding my hand through this process because she too had experienced it. Also married to a veteran who had PTSD. They both are disabled vets. Um, And it was a very long journey to even be recognized. And when we look at uh, things like the money that goes out to nonprofit organizations for veterans organizations, not one woman-led organization was awarded this year. Well, (laughs) I, I would act surprised, but that would be disingenuous, wouldn't it? But the fact that you're articulating it, voicing it, and reminding people of the obviousness that's right in front of their face only helps. Uh, we saw huge turns around, turnarounds at the Academy Awards, the Grammys, over the past 10, 15 years, suddenly inclusion of this, that, and the other, just because somebody mentioned it. If you don't mention that giant hairy mastodon in the middle of the room, it gets to sit there and take a dump. So here we are uh, outing that particular problem and making the obvious even more obvious. So I'm just going to reintroduce you because as people during drive time in the morning get in and out of their cars, they get in and out of their cars. They may have missed who you are. We're talking to a woman named Karan Lenoir. Uh, We've heard of homeless veterans. This is the first person's story of how the VA actually made her homeless by deselecting her from being able to get the help that she deserved, that she had earned, that she had signed a document for, but they found ways around it. She ended up homeless and then found a way to resiliently bounce back and actually achieve success. Let's jump into that success. Here you were, a homeless vet, PTSD, disabled. Uh, Your partner is the same. So, well, as far as it looks, ain't ain't nothing going to happen. There's not going to be any positive movement, but you end up becoming one of the biggest podcasters and an entrepreneur and all of this from what some people would call nothing to definitely something. There's got to be some alchemy in there. Oh, there's definitely alchemy there. There's also a huge load of faith. Uh, There's a huge load of support from unexpected places uh, and time. Uh, During the period of homelessness, I had to be realistic about what was happening with my mental health as well. That is a catastrophic event for me and my family. It was, and it was prolonged for a really long period of time. And by the time I was, I got to a place where I was safe and felt safe and had a home, I literally slept for three days straight. It felt like I had been running for all those five years. And the one thing I always will do is bet on myself before I bet on anybody else. So I took that equipment that I still had and hadn't sold yet, and I started a radio station. And I started putting myself out as a blogger. I own that radio station. I started training people in what I know best, and that's media. I also started started a beauty consulting firm because I also owned salons for over 30 years. So I knew that I had that 
all the skills that I had in my civilian life, plus the discipline that was reinforced in my military life in both the Navy and the Army, um, my geekiness had value in this world. So I leaned into it. I leaned into me. And even though it was hard, and some days it was like just punching in the dark, um, I found a way to make money from what I love and to teach other people to do the same. We just have a couple of minutes, and I very much appreciate your being here. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. You also have trained over 40 women on your team, most of whom still podcast, hold significant positions in media. There's a lot more to you than can be revealed right here, right now in the last 90 seconds. Let me just thank you for coming on and congratulate you for having paved the way and showing others it can be done. When something looks so impossibly hopeless, no light at the end of the tunnel, friends love just asking for help as hard as that is. Somebody will listen. We are not a country of 350 million hispidulous knuckle-walking mountebanks. Yes, there are a lot. But yes, there are equal numbers who are not, or we would have no air to breathe, no airplanes that could land, no running water, no Comedy Central, nothing. So there are more good of us than there are not. And reaching out does make the difference. And you did it, and you are proof positive. You can go from homelessness to superhero. And for that, I laud you. I'm on bended knee. You can see it on video. Thank you so much, Carrie. I will say this uh, in in closing. uh, I was not left behind, so I don't intend to leave any of my people behind. There's so many other folk that need help, uh, that need resources and don't know where to go. Uh, so I offer myself and, and my resources uh, to support them the way I was supported. Appreciate that very much. We've been talking to Caron Lenoir. She was actually made homeless by the VA. She bounced back, became quite a rocket scientist, a superstar, and has helped many others and has found that helping others is what helps her continue to move forward. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison, Life After the Military, RethinkingHeroes.com. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-915-2051. 800-915-2051. That's 800-915-2051. Rethinking Heroes. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking. 
breaking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-628-7226. That's 800-628-7226. Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military with Carrie Harrison. And it is 21 minutes past the hour. Carrie Harrison with you, your new best friend. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook. Guess what it's called? Yep, Rethinking Heroes. Clever marketing team, huh? You can also follow us on Twitter. Guess what that's called? Minus the E in heroes because Mr. Musk will not allow us to spell heroes H-E-R-O-E-S. So just drop it out. It's H-E-R-O-S, Rethinking Heroes on Twitter. Uh, You can also get in touch with us simply by going to RethinkingHeroes.com where you can see a video of this broadcast plus get all the previous shows on demand. What demand? It sounds so harsh. But I'm American. I demand to hear it. Now, I demand my oatmeal. So, uh, well, we're going to share. We share here. That's what we do. With the enormous volume of traumatized veterans across Southern California, this is no secret. Ask people in Europe, what is the thing you most remember about L.A.? Now, because they watched a lot of television, they thought that Tom Cruise would be having lunch on the sidewalk in Hollywood. First of all, where's Hollywood? No such place. But I thought the movie stars were all eating. No, it does not exist. It's a facade, just like the whole city, basically, except for the Chinese theater. You can walk and see the old footprints on there. But they walk around and they're just absolutely baffled by it. And they basically talk about the homeless people. They've never seen swaths of humanity, the volume, the numbers of which surpass the size of most cities in Europe. And that's in the media capital of Earth, America's second largest city, where you still can't take a train to the airport. We have a lot of work to do, that's for sure. That said, with the enormous volume of traumatized veterans across Southern California, what if there were a way to help vets develop coping skills that are portable and usable during many of today's stressful situations, even if the vets are suffering from PTSD or trauma, alcohol, drug addiction, well, there are certain skill sets that could be adopted and used even in the most difficult situations. With us on Rethinking Heroes is Dr. Nita Valens, a Los Angeles licensed psychotherapist whose specialty is trauma, PTSD, and anxiety, particularly in working with veterans. And I want to thank you, Dr. Nita Valens, for joining us here on Rethinking Heroes. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you for inviting me. And what I want to say about veterans is that the thing that touched me very deeply, I was growing up in the 70s when the Vietnam veterans were coming home and not treated well, as you know. And that struck a deep chord with me. And I knew that one day I would be working with trauma and veterans. And I didn't even know what that looked like, but I just knew I had to do something to help these people. So finally, it began and I left. I was in the corporate world. I left that, became a psychotherapist and have been able to help many traumatized people that way. But in particular, what I do right now with veterans is I help them to get back into the pipeline to get their Veterans Administration benefit package. By that, 
I mean that I step out of therapy with a lot of veterans at this point, and I do a very detailed psychological evaluation consultation, which enables me to do the paperwork for the VA so that they can get recognized that they're in trouble and get some type of benefit package, free services. The VA has tons of things that people, veterans just don't want to go to the VA. They think it's a hot mess, not that it isn't, but there are free things. There's free group therapy, free individual therapy. There's um, doctors. I mean, there's people get surgeries there. I mean, it's a hospital as well. So, excuse me. So there's a lot of benefits that they're either afraid, they're ashamed because of the stigma of mental health issues anyway. That's a whole other show, I realize. But that that's how to help them in a direct hit way, one by one. The other thing is to, if I meet a veteran and I don't know, are they, is, is this for therapy? Is it that I'm going to help them get into their, their pipeline for their benefits? The first thing is to get them feeling better about themselves. They went off at a young age and served our country and they come back to unemployment, relationship issues with themselves because they don't know their purpose anymore. They don't know what they want to do. They come back to homelessness. Uh, They come back with perhaps they were wounded. They have physical handicaps uh, from combat. Um, They have poor mental health. We know today as of last November, the latest count is there's 4,000 homeless veterans in LA County. We also know that there are 22 suicides every single day across the country, veterans. That means one every 80 minutes. And it's a shocking and appalling number. And that's the the more generous version of those numbers. Then there are the people we simply don't know about who remain uncounted coast to coast in the land of e pluribus unum, in the land of uh, majestic, whatever we can fill in the songs and start singing together. But this is reality, a reality check, if you will. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes. We're talking to Dr. Nita Valens, a Los Angeles licensed psychotherapist whose specialty is trauma, trauma, PTSD, and anxiety, particularly in working with veterans. Let's talk a little bit about some of the coping skills that you're able to uh, help some of these people with. So when they do leave the office, because it's not like they get room and board at the VA, they have to go back <laughs> out, and out is a scary place, but right. at least armed with some kind of knowledge. So the first thing I like to do, I mean, we kind of call this psychoeducation in the therapy world, but I teach veterans to understand their own nervous system, because what happens in trauma is the central nervous system has a calm side and the fight, flight, or freeze side. We all know that by now, because that's in the popular media in a big way these days. But what we don't really get is when it's happening to us, sometimes veterans can't tell. I mean, they were out of the country, perhaps in a war zone. Uh, They were young. They leave home and like no one says to them, oh, this is what you can expect. And, you know, if you get upset and your nervous system is triggered, these are the things that can happen. So I educate veterans that when you're on that triggered side, that you won't 
be able to really think properly. You can't digest food. You can't just sit and relax and watch a movie because you're like level 10 on the ceiling nervous system wise. So what's also happening is there's some stress hormones that start running. Those are adrenaline and cortisol. And it takes some effort to get re-regulated back to the calm side of the nervous system. But there's things I teach veterans to do called wellness tools. So I teach them to tune into themselves, to track how they're feeling. Well, what happened that you suddenly heard something walking down the street and you found yourself hiding behind a bush and now your heart is racing and your hands are sweating. Okay, well, that's a reaction. You just got triggered. You time traveled back to an incident when you were in service. So do some deep breathing, go sit down, find a calm place, call a friend. One of the main things that people never talk about with veterans is get them connected, get them connected to other veterans. If they have families, like I talk to wives all the time that say, or or husbands that say, well, you know, the veteran never even told me anything about their experience. They don't talk about it. I bring it up. Well, what happened over there? I don't want to talk about it. It's too painful. I can't go there. But it's still in the body. It's still in the nervous system. Well, this is important and crucial information. I think anyone who's recovered from anything, mosquito bites to bullet shots, yeah, literally, exactly. uh, understands that. And, you know, you go farther with a group than you do with one, no compass, no flashlight. So I, I appreciate this insight. How do we follow you or find you in the work that you do? Well, I just had my 25th year anniversary on KPFK. My Friday one o'clock show is Intervision. You can find me there. That would and, be kpfk.org for people listening wherever. Yes. And um, we're redoing the website. I have drnitavallens.com, but we're making some changes on that. And soon we'll have a podcast, an Intervision podcast up and running as well. Well, I so appreciate I'll stay in touch with you and tell you my information as we progress. Thank you. Um, and as, as you invent more tools, we want to hear about them. Regrettably, we're out of time, but I very much appreciate your coming on. We've thanks. been talking to Dr. Nita Valens, a Los Angeles licensed psychotherapist who specialty is trauma, PTSD, and anxiety, particularly in working with veterans. This is Rethinking Heroes, rethinkingheroes.com. Look forward to seeing you next week. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison, Life After the Military. RethinkingHeroes.com.